0: The Usual Suspects, The Usual Suspects, The Usual Suspects, The Usual Suspects, Mr. Fox, the Abstract Sagittarius, The Usual Suspects. We're back. Hello. I'm Mr. Fox. I'm the Abstract Sagittarius. And you are listening to a new episode, first one of 2023, of The Usual Suspects. <sighs> Hope the holidays was good. Happy Black History Month. I'm still pissed that it's only 20 day, 28 days long. Oh, man. I know. Don't get me started. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, yield to my lovely co-host, Abstract Sagittarius to um, enlighten us on what's been going on.
1: Oh gosh, I don't even know, like where to start. Considering that January has just been a very interesting month for twenty twenty three, um, maybe we should just you know get away with the easiest thing first, because <laughs> um, I I really feel like this is just like short and simple and real, just straight to the fucking point. But so was it. Last week, or the week before last, um, Beyonce performed in Dubai. Right? Right. Videos went around it, and it started a little, you know, challenge, and all of that shit, right? And then, of course, the the humans decided that it was time to cancel quote-unquote Beyonce because she performed in a country that is against lgbtq and you know all of their other cultural laws and there right so here's my plaguing question are you saying motherfuckers who had this issue gonna go buy these tickets when they're going to say because i ain't seen not one person talk about this situation the moment that those tour dates went up so are we really mad about the fact well i'm sorry not we because i don't care but are y'all really mad about the fact that this woman went to go get a bag for an hour performance in a country that nine times out of 10, none of y'all really give a fuck about or find it as the perfect destination spot for vacation. And that goes out the window now since, you know, tour dates released. I'm just curious. Where's the anger? Where's the uproar? Because y'all was going in <clears throat> not too long ago.
0: They just mad because the Dubai Challenge was kicking their asses when they decided to hit record and try to do the the runs that Beyonce was doing. And they mad because here's the thing. I think the reason why the tickets are so high is because y'all asses don't follow directions. Now, y'all knew going into this. Y'all say high security. The shit was tight. The shit was supposed to be private. And what y'all do? Yep.
1: Well, I, I've also heard that like ticket prices in the U.S. are significantly higher compared to everywhere else in the world. Like, um, it's a Chick that I follow, I just recently started following her. I cannot think of her name right now. Please forgive me. I will find it and, you know, use it as a reference um, later on. Because she, um, she, did she call herself? Like the broke travel girl or some shit like that. But she travels around on a budget or whatever. And one of the things that she said was, when you pay... 600 and something dollars to go see Beyonce or the weekend or just whatever big names you can think of that's going on tour you can go to places like Amsterdam, Belgium and so on or out of country tour dates and compared to paying 600 dollars in the United States you could pay 125 dollars for the same quality seats in another country so that's a a U.S. thing like (laughs) every other, you know, fuck shit thing when it comes down to money and prices and stuff like that. Right. Know? So,
0: yeah. I, it's... I Look, and, I tried... I tried to get on the Madonna tour. I really mm-hmm. didn't. Like, I... I said on the refuse podcast, like, you need your white friends because... <laughs> especially because of the pre-sale. Like... Mm-hmm. I remember like twelve or so years ago when you and I were working together, and I think it was the first on the run tour. Ooh. I remember like trying to hit up people we used to work with, like who got the pre-sale, who know the code. You need your white friends like
1: yeah. now
0: more than ever because <clears throat> I have a I have a a friend down in Gaithersburg who has a pre-sale and this before I knew about the Klarna shit like people talking about payment plans I'm like that's giving poverty but anyway um oh. he was like alright you know these are the dates we gonna be in there but you put the pre-sale in there and you gotta get in line I'm like ain't this yeah. some bullshit like like you trying to buy crab meat or something like, oh my wasn't God. the point of putting in the code was yeah. to get to Avoid the ticket? Avoid all of it, yeah. Right. So I was like, this is too much. Like, I, I specifically put money aside two weeks beforehand because I was like, all right, Madonna, I mean, mixed reaction with some folks, but it's like, to me, she Man. and Janet are like the last of the 80s superstars. Yeah, and like, regardless of how weird she may be now, um, we're
1: not going to discredit with <laughs> man, Madonna. Man, listen, is. listen.
0: Yeah, um, she. Whatever you may feel about her, oh, she's trying to fit in with the young kids, and she's too old, and she's always late. Look, I said I will wait two to three hours for Madonna. Hmm. I will wait. Two to three hours for Janet. Yep. I will not, however, wait two to three hours for Kelly Price, Erica Badu, um, Lauren Hill. Like, I'm not I'm not waiting two to three hours for Deaf Soul recording artists Cisco and Drew Hill. I'm not. Um no <laughs> no shade. But come on, like 40 years and we talk about somebody that like hit in the early 80s, like at the top of the decade, Mm. right? Michael Jackson's gone, Whitney's gone, Prince is gone. Like, all we got right now is Janet and Madonna and Beyonce and Usher. Hell, Luther is gone. And like, you know, you got... Anita Baker out here, bless her heart, you know, wasn't able to make it to the Las Vegas thing, but I feel like I've done Las Vegas twice. Mm. Last time I did it, I saw Diana Ross, and I'm good. But Mm -hmm. for Auntie Anita Baker to decide she wants to come to Baltimore in May, Mother's Day weekend, and charge as much as she wants.
1: How much does she want?
0: Somewhere between like 600 to at least a G. Yeah, no, I'm good. I was going to try to
1: send my mother. My mother would ring my goddamn neck if I was spend <laughs> $600 on a ticket to go see I say. No, it's, that's okay. Yeah, no, I'm cool. Um, No, I'm not... I'm just <laughs> not doing it. The way the eggs and shit like that is set up, I I got real-life no. decisions that I got to consider. And right. no, it doesn't take away from the craft or the artistry or the amount of time and effort that's put into any of these shows. I completely get it. But please understand, um, I got real life shit going on and that's just not something that I can sacrifice. Right. It's not in my budget. You can call me broke, whatever the fuck you want to call me. I got priorities and that ain't it. <laughs> just right, kidding. like, I like do I get a hug? Can right. I can I get a piece of a dress? Like, can right. I walk can away with something?
0: Even walk along the edge of the stage and and give you a five or something. Like when right. I got when I got to see I got to see Kim twice. Mm. Right? Um I can't remember which show, which show, which of the two where he um actually got to dab him up. Because I saw him, um, he was on a bill with Yo Yo, and I forget who the third person was, but he also went on the road with Eric B. Like, mm, right. So it was down at the soundstage. Couldn't have been no more than like $100. Um, but you want how much? And here's the thing it's like, even though. I got my um my GS12 and mm. I got a cost uh, a general federal government increase. I I'm not no like for people that haven't done any music in about 20 or 30 years, no shade to Anita Baker. I'm or even if you have put out music, it's like you I know what I'm getting. And I've already seen you live before, so it's like, what? Nothing is inspiring me to pay a thousand or more per seat in the in like the lower the lower level, like the nosebleeds is already the car note section. Like you want me to pay over six hundred dollars to sit in the nosebleeds? And Renaissance is a great album, but I mean, come on, this is like your seventh or eighth album. Mm-hmm. And I saw you on the run. I was in the nosebleeds. It was you and Jay Z. I got two for one because I, you know, I got to see Jay Z live. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about the two of them is, like, no matter where you're sitting, you're still getting the experience. And it it was a great experience from the nosebleeds, and it was at the Raven Stadium. But times have changed. I am on a mission. To save my money, save my du- my ducats. To see Sade live, I would. I probably And, here, would donate, and here's the thing to see Sade. Here's the thing. I know they don't do. They don't mess with the U.S. too tough when they tour. Mm-hmm. So I, wherever. It, so it depends on the country that they're playing in, right? Like. If it's Italy, if it's like Rome, or I'll even take like the northern part of Africa. But wh- wherever they're playing, like, I will go there, make a vacation around that. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you something. Sade is probably the only person that makes me cry. Sade is the just only person. Just looking at them. Who the moment that she opens
1: her mouth and that first note come out, I just have instant calming. She sends me to a level of tranquility like none other, like that woman that she is phenomenal.
0: Like her and... speaking voice, the way she walks and just it's just existent. Like I was just like, oh my God, I would pass out. Yeah. I would
1: for sure. They yeah, absolutely. And and, there's not too many people that I could say that
0: I would. Def- I would do that for. Like She's I miss, right? So, it's like you're probably you, whoever's listening's probably like, well, she does not hit him. It don't matter, because here's the thing. That second album that they did, her and the band, uh, Promise. Listen, I will knock all this shit over. The moment the first note from "Is It a Crime" starts playing, I will knock mm-hmm. all this shit over. Yep. Oh, and if she, if they get to love deluxe in any capacity, I, I'm I'm flipping car. I'm like, look, <laughs> I'm knocking doors off the hinges. It's just like one in a lifetime. You know what I mean? Like, I need
1: to hear. Cherish today.
0: Listen uh, live once in my life. So that's where I'm at right now. Like I've, <laughs> I've I've had the the pleasure of seeing some great shows, not a whole lot. You know, I know I missed a lot of the big ones when they were torn and stuff, but like I know my limit like I know if I can get like a group tour like multiple artists on one bill for less than $200 down in DC I'm not Mm going to spend more than that for one person to sing you know songs I know and they're great but it's like I don't know but Sade is a that's a whole nother conversation like and i think a huge part of the reason is because there's like a huge amount of mystique around her she doesn't do a whole lot of interviews she's yeah. not she's not on the news a lot she's not in the limelight she's not in the limelight and it's like she lives her life her and the band live their life over there and yeah. it's just like you know i have worn that the promise album out all my life like I still have it like the original and I'm just mm-hmm. like please don't and I and I had dinner with somebody recently that saw her live mm. and when he told me that I damn near cried at the table <laughs> I was like you are fucking kidding me he was like yeah excuse me I played <clears the stage throat> and, show, and she doesn't have to do anything nope but she could literally just sit there and sing but the stage presence oh She's my gonna God. command it, and she still look good, and she in her sixties. Mama still looked like she did in the smooth operator video. Oh, <laughs> mm. yeah. So that's that's where I'm going. Like, that's my mission. It probably won't happen this year, but fuck it, I'm gonna have money by next year, <laughs> right? To so where it's like. All right, they playing this date in this country. Right, let's go. Because really, all I got to do, of course, buy the tickets, but get an Airbnb. I don't need to stay in no chateau, nothing or Levant Blanc or whatever they call their little hotels over there.
1: Mm-hmm. Give me a,
0: a a hut and a ride to the <laughs> to the venue, and I'm good. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to do the UK, though. Because, you know, I'm looking at them sideways. <laughs> Fuck around and end up like uh, Captain Phillips and shit. Fucking oh, with the UK. God. Um, oh, So that's why I'm there. I'm like, you know, that's I saw people nuts. say I'm good. Um, <clears throat> I'm good. I'm good on that. I'm sure the timeline will be pretty busy. Mm-hmm. And that's that's good for me. Like, and
1: then, even if, like, like let's just say I would do it, right? It's tax season, whatever, I get it, right? But then I got to worry about getting there. <laughs> like, that's a get. Like, it's just so many things that play an effect of doing all of this shit. And then,
0: I don't know. I'm yeah, because let me tell you, when I went to go see them, um, The Mm. first on the run tour at the Raven Stadium. It was Mm. a bitch to get out out of there. Like that whole entire stadium trying to clear out and you know like it's not too many ways to get out of get off the property without some kind of traffic jam. And I managed, I wasn't even parked on the lot. I was parked like um almost in um, in Federal Hill. Mm. And so, you know, if you're not, imagine trying to get out, you know, the the way to 395 is backed up into the the parking lot and then all the other ways are backed up. Like bumper to bumper traffic, just trying to get out of the, the lot where I was and in the rear view mirror, you got somebody in one car trying to come to blows with somebody in another car. Mm. Like we all going the same direct just because I guess they didn't like that the person I guess was trying to cut in front of them or something. It's like, is it really that deep? Right. Like the person physically got out and was trying to square up with the other person that was still in their car. I was like the ghetto, but yeah, (laughs) uh, I'm good on that. As far as like getting to and from and all that stuff, Uh, Mm -hmm. I'll save my money, but, um, what else is on the docket girl? Um, hmm. have you seen you
1: people? I loved it. Okay. So I did. I watched it. Um, yeah, I go over the weekend.
0: We saw it the night it premiered, like the night. I thought it was cute.
1: I thought it was really cute. Um, when I first like I I knew about it and it was like already on my radar, um, and I was like seeing people talk about it and they were talking about how, um, it was slightly offensive. Um, they didn't have any chemistry. This, that, and the I (sighs) I'm at a point where I don't really be understanding what it is that people be looking for when it comes down to entertainment because it's really just supposed to be that. Um, It's not real life. Um, So sometimes you have to like stop with over expectations of things to be so relatable or feel like it's real. You know what I mean? Um, I think that their chemistry was good. Yes, I've seen more passionate chemistry when it came down to couples, but that's not what this was. You know what I'm saying? So I think it was a really good, light-hearted comedy. um <laughs> regard I think people won't be offended about anything when it deals with two different races, regardless. It could have been like Oscar worthy of some shit and people would have found some type of problem with it one way or another um but I I enjoyed it what did you think
0: so at all right first the first half um it was I thought it was cute but there were some moments where it was just like it kind of made me a little uncomfortable. Like, it was a little cringy. But I knew, I think I knew going into this, it was a Kenya Barris uh, Square production or whatever. And I was like, oh, I get it. Because here's the thing. I, for whatever reason, Kenya Barris' stuff doesn't tickle me a whole lot. But I, I get mm-hmm. I appreciate mm. his approach and his style because yeah. it's not it's not in your face. Like he slides right. it in there and he makes you think. Like I tried yeah. to and I and I didn't um I don't have that opinion without trying to like watch like blackish. Like I got the first season. I was like, this doesn't tickle me like I'm used black-ish to, but I get it. It is um, hilarious once you get like
1: into Enjoy. it. Um yeah, that shit is funny. It can be sometimes it can be a little outrageous, you know what I mean? Because right. anything Anderson has his his you know his quirks of delivery of certain things, but it doesn't take away from a lot of the the plot points or whatever
0: the focus of the
1: story is.
0: Um right. Um so for me, it was like even with that aside, like it was, I liked it. I know it was. It was some ways like a like a reboot or a revisit of Guess was Coming to Dinner. Who they've done that before with Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac, right? Um, yeah, but I liked it. Like you have, you know, you have Jonah Hill, who I'm a fan of. This is Lauren London's like first major role since Nipsey Hussle's since, murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is on like a major level to where right. like you're not like you came up doing urban movies and this is like you're sitting across from Eddie Murphy, Neil Long, Julia Louis Dreyfus, who everybody loves, and right. David fucking Duchovny. Listen. Um that scene I'm where he was playing the piano right oh my god he was just like I'm
1: so sorry I was cracking up like really ordinary people we got X-Files singing ordinary people, people right now and the ad like,
0: he was like whoa 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 <laughs> I fell I said like what is going on right now like he <laughs> has her he has Lauren London facing him listen like let me sing to you.
1: <laughs> let me sing to you real quick. But it and was singing was thinking anybody like, else but you.
0: But it was like with all this great stuff happening right now, people were just fixated on the question or this uh this impossibility that Jonah Hill could even pull Lauren London. I'm like, shut the fuck up. First Are of you all kidding me. Here's here's the thing. Jonah Hill could fold me, okay? Jonah Hill. Like, to go from, okay, first of all, super bad. That's a whole nother conversation. Listen,
1: but... <laughs> to come from super bad to this, he's come a very, very long way.
0: And he looked the fuck good in this movie. I don't give a fuck. Like, he got the eyes working for him, the hair, he had the tattoos, whether they were fake or real. He has a cute quirkiness to him that's attractive. It's not annoying.
1: It was attractive.
0: Right. Um, And it's it's like, really? Are we really trying this right now? Like in the 21st century, y'all are like no, love yourself.
1: On looks don't matter. This, that, and third. Oh, it's that he it can't get nobody like y'all uh walking fucking contradictions. Like right, because <laughs> and, trust and believe and all it do is take a fucking two-hour movie to just break everything that you claim you stand on down. And ridiculous.
0: it's like the the most attractive person is the least expected. Mm-hmm. Like he had her, Jonah Hill had her laughing. Right. The, just in character and it's like the dude is naturally funny and charming, yes and fun like seeing him in interviews and like when he was um promoting Wolf of Wall Street and uh what was that moneyball and all that stuff mm-hmm. like the dude is is funny and he's crazy talented like and he Wolf looked of Wall Street good. really showed
1: me how. Talented, he is because I think that was like one of the first big roles of him stepping outside of that super baddish, you know, right type movies and stuff like that. Because outside of what was the other, what, what is the name of that movie with him and Franco and uh, what's the other um, name?
0: Not get him to the something.
1: Not get him to the Greek. It was uh, it was like one of those apocalypse movies.
0: Oh, and I, I think of
1: it. Yes,
0: that's it. That shit, that's the movie. That shit is baby. funny. Baby.
1: But like outside of those type movies, I never really saw him in. I guess you would consider like a more serious role, even right. though he still had that comedic aspect to him. On top of the fact that he was in costume, like, he just... I don't think he get the recognition that he deserves, to be truthful. I really don't, because he's really, like, multi-talented, for real. Right. And he's also seemingly a decent fucking person. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I think one of the only other arguments that wasn't even really about the movie per se, was more so about Kenya Burris and the fact that he only produces multi, like, or interracial content. And my response to that is so what? (laughs) So what? Um, The reality is, is that he you know, mimics his content around his life ultimately, you know what I mean? And even when it I think the only one that he did, there was a show, a series that he had put out on Netflix, and I cannot think the name of it. I didn't like it. Um I think it was a little too similar to blackish without um it being blackish because it was an actual interracial um couple. And I think it was more so to mirror his marriage more than what the experience blackish was supposed to bring and it I think it was a little too similar in a way so it just didn't hit the same you know what I mean um the thing is is that while his content is about interracial relationships it doesn't take away from the fact that these experiences or these conversations exist um especially when you are dealing with completely like unaware white culture um and and how they don't fully understand certain things that are acceptable within them how it's unacceptable within the black culture um and how it can be Address to find a common ground without it being detrimental. Results. That's where the difference comes into play. You're able to see, um, especially in this situation, um, I mean, well, in this movie, the the different things of even just certain sayings or certain suggestions that he may have had that just is like you can't say that or you can't do that when it comes to us that you have these obstacles and in some way, shape or form, I'm able to articulate it to you without you being offended to give you a level of understanding and you making a proper adjustment to try to make sure that I can still do these things without being offensive to you. And that's what I got out of that movie is two different cultures who regardless of whether you want to pick well, this one was worse than the other or any of that shit that they both came from fucking like mass like we want to get y'all the fuck out of here type shit. (laughs) You feel me? Like they've both experienced that level of hate in some way shape or form even if it's on different calibers and being able to relate and certain struggles even though the path may be different or the the take on it might be different it's not really as different as you think it is you know what I'm saying um but instead of calling you a racist or you know devaluing your character or who you are as a human being I wouldn't expect for you to, uh, you know what I'm saying, to understand this because you haven't experienced it, but let me explain it to you. And uh, they're actually eager and willing to learn on both sides. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I appreciated about the movie on top of the fact that it was just fucking fun and cute. it's just a real like little feel good movie one way or another. On top of the fact that it didn't, it wasn't like long drawn out, nothing necessary. Like we're just gonna get straight to the point. We meet, we had fun, boom. We had our little moment, we together now. Like, I I especially love the part where she was like, Oh, well, I'm one of them type people. The moment that we had sex, we go together. So, <laughs> don't, don't, you ain't gotta ask me. That's what
0: it is. Right. And who be hasn't guy. been in that position before? Right. And who hasn't been in a position where they're sitting across from or in the company of somebody that is white and is trying too hard? to want to to like appear down but just keeps missing the mark like Mm -hmm. when they went on the trip and they were playing hangman and she said the n-word and then she snatched a wig off of Carisha's head I said you know what I am going to leave my apartment now (laughs) but here's the thing right Mm. like it was just the cast was great. Like, you had uh, Old Girl from Cheers.
1: You mm-hmm. had, um,
0: like I said, like, so I wish Eddie Murphy and Neil Long were my parents. Listen. At first, when I saw the the, the um, commercial, I was just like, how is that going to work? But, like, seeing them Look. in more and more scenes, I was like, oh, they got it right. And then
1: that's <laughs> the other thing. I'm sitting here like, what fucking movie did y'all Because like? they tried to say, like, oh, you you use- me along to promote this movie and she was only in that movie for a hot minute. Hot minute where? Right. Because um, I <laughs> just I think people just don't want to enjoy shit at this point. That's how I look at it. Because it and it, y'all get the fuck over it. <laughs> it's not that serious. Enjoy the movie for what it is. It's not a bad movie. It's not something that I'm like, oh my God, you gotta see it. But if you're just looking for something that's gonna give you a good laugh and just an overall like feel-good story with some like decent banter and like reasonable conversations, watch it. It's not like you know, eye-opening or anything like that. It's just, I think it's a very, you know, decent and okay take. It's not over dramatic or a bunch of fucking toxic drama or unnecessary bullshit. Like, it's just, if you want to watch it, watch it. You're not going to be upset.
0: I give it an 8 out of 10. So
1: Yeah, like, if somebody was to come and be like, oh, you want to watch it? I would watch it again. Like I oh, will
0: watch it, yeah. So yeah. Um your turn. What have you? So you I, I enjoyed it. Um I employ anybody that listens to all the podcasts we have <laughs> to watch it. Yeah. And Jonah Hill could definitely pull Lauren London. Don't get it twisted. Hmm. I like he could. I think he could. I so I'll so I'll say this. Like it was so good to see, because I got to see them. They so her and Eddie Murphy and Julia Louis Dreyfus separately went and did the late night circuit, and mm-hmm. it was such a good feeling to see Lauren London, particularly on late night. Um. Yeah. And then, because it's like, they don't, it's to make, I guess, the transition from, like, movies that only we see on, like, mm-hmm. on BT to, like, getting on Netflix. And then on top of that, being around, like, Eddie Murphy's playing your dad. Right, like the Eddie any longer is
1: playing your mother, like, right?
0: Like, but she, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I just went. I just hope this leads to more opportunities for her. Mm-hmm. That level, because yeah, got it, and she's always had it. Um, so we'll see. Do you have anything else?
1: Mm, nope.
0: you don't have it's anything else on the docket.
1: It's your turn. I'm doing too.
0: Girl, you mumble.
1: I said it's your turn. I don't want to take over. It's your turn. What you? What uh, you? What you got on your plate today?
0: So, my part. I want to add to this episode. <laughs> so apparently. <laughs> Under our noses, Anthony Anderson, Mm -hmm. rape and sexual assault allegations. Come again, say what? So Anderson was accused of raping a 25-year-old extra in a trailer on the film set of Hustle & Flow back in 2004. The alleged victim... Accused Anderson and Assistant Director Wayne Witherspoon of forcibly removing her clothing, photographing her naked body, and digitally penetrating her. What is digital?
1: Oh, with his fingers.
0: Uh, Oh, Mm -hmm. A witness claimed to have heard the alleged victim's screams and to have seen her run naked from the trailer and she was treated at St. Francis Hospital. The charges were dropped on October 6, 2004 because the judge ruled that there was no probable cause to try the case. Anderson was sued for sexual assault in September of 2004 by another woman who claimed that Anderson made sexually suggestive remarks and then assaulted her in his dressing room on the set of All About the Benjamins. On July 20th, 2018, it was revealed that he was being investigated by the Los Angeles Police Department for another sexual assault allegation due to the lack of evidence. On September the 4th, the L.A. District Attorney's Office decided not to press charges against Anderson. Hmm
1: wow because um i wasn't expecting you to say that i thought you was going to talk about the weight loss picture wasn't expecting that
0: um uh i mean we can (laughs) (laughs) it just was not expecting that Mm. Um, um Yeah, I saw that picture of him standing next to the TV with Kelly Clarkson's name. He was about to go on the show. Um, I mean, good for him. You know, not everything is cancer. Um, The man has suffered from diabetes for a long time. Um, Okay. And he's lost weight before. He just probably happened to lose even more. And he's also older. But this this here, uh, and then, like in the thread, the Twitter thread that this uh this story was part of the tweet, um he's been accused three times and in the common thread, a person shared their personal story to where they said they had to lock one of their girlfriends in the bedroom to keep him from sexually assaulting her. At a party. Oh, my. Um. And he was in you people, too. (sighs) So. You know, it's just. It's a shame. And it's like. You know, I know I've said on the podcast before, like there are nuances that it's like I'm still very much aware that people lie and I'm also can say in the same breath that there are victims of sexual abuse and sexual assault and I can also say that like money talks right Mm -hmm. um this isn't reading about this this isn't a case of oh you know women waited until he made it big anthony anderson has been on tv for so long and it's not like yeah. he's about to buy a major network or anything or he's somebody of that stands out from all the other actors mm. um um like, I've never got the impression, looking at him, that he's a creep. Um, but I, I'm also of a world and of the streets where black dudes are creeps. It's it's not that far removed from those two yeah. things. Like, yeah. black dudes are creeps and it's like no matter how in they are with, the, with Weird. And how much money they make, like they still have mega tendencies. Mm. And you know, they get with another black eye, another group of black guys, and it's it's even worse. That whole fucking boy's club <sighs> thing. Um mm. We talked about that so we did. We talked about that yeah. two separate times. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, our sister Jaguar right. <sighs> like that could also be part of the docket. To where, you know, lately, the last couple of months, you and I have been discussing her exposing more people. And here's the thing. It's like what she's saying, that's one hell of a coincidence. What she was saying, like how just about every major player that was part of Uptown Records ends up dying or close to death. Mm -hmm. And it's right around the time that they were due to release a memoir. And the common denominator is Diddy Mm hmm And I was like, dang, she got a point. Cause Heavy D died, Andre Harrell died, Kim Porter died, LB Shore was almost out, out Mm -hmm. this motherfucker. Um it's like, wow. Um and you know, as if Diddy doesn't already have like a shit record anyway. Um, but yeah, like it's when she when she was on live or somebody had her on live, getting into it with her husband and this dude from the cult, and she ended up face down, being arrested. Was people were like, "Oh, they're trying to get her." Cause she she exposing the industry. Oh, they trying to get it, and I'm like, here's where I get off. This is where I get off the bus, because it's like we could sit back and you know align ourselves with these theories and say it's one hell of a coincidence. I'll say it, but it's like she got arrested because she attacked somebody. I know it's I know that's our good sis cause you know she was on a good roll uh what was it two years ago on live and was spilling all the tea and you know you and I being the hip hop heads we are looked at the timeline yeah. and it was like that makes that sounds like yeah, that sounds accurate
1: I, I think, okay. I could be wrong, right? Could absolutely be wrong, but I'll say this. Um, it it be real interesting how you know it be when it's too late when people decide to talk about like mental health and trauma and the effects that it can have dealing with PTSD and so on but when the people that when they are actually actively experiencing it they get called crazy or you know they you know find types of ways to correlate you know the crazy with the stories that they may tell compared to having another episode and none of them like are really directly related to each other um i actually saw that situation coming i don't know if you remember um like before that interview even came out it's like the beginning of this year she um had a a a situation with one of the people who actually advocated for her during that whole time when she first you know jumped out there and started talking about everything and Tasha K you know like pretty much manipulated her and like used her trauma as a way of discrediting everything it was that she said do you remember that yeah. Okay. So, uh, nosy hoe, who is also I don't know if the lawsuit is still going on, but she was the one that Nicki Minaj was suing last, like she last year about the comment about the baby, and she was going after. She sued her and basically was like like I'm coming for your name too type shit. Well, it's the same person, and allegedly. Uh, she they built like a friendship in the midst of all of the stuff that's been going on the past two years, right? Well, I don't know if this quote unquote picture is the same person that is involved in that altercation situation, but supposedly, Nosy Hall, um, did a, a a a segment basically accusing her of cheating on her husband, right? Um, and at the time when Jet confronted it, like her and her husband was still, you know, tight like glue type shit. You feel me? But you could tell there was going to be a problem because supposedly she did actually cheat on him and they were like in the midst of working through it and then boom, you know, they come out and it just kind of like, I guess, opened up old a wounds a wound, or like fresh wounds that was gradually healing and, you know, they just kind of like split back open. Um, so then, you know, I the interview comes out after the fact, right, and that's making waves on mainly TikTok. I didn't really see much of it on any other platforms outside of TikTok. Um, I still haven't gone in and actually looked at the whole interview myself because it's just a lot of information to, to retain. Um, and then, literally that day, I think maybe like an hour before that video came out, she had posted, like, she was in a good mood. She was singing. She was happy, like, talking. And dude was in a car with her. Now, what happened in the meantime and between time of that, you know, altercation, Um, I don't know. But I think what worried me the most and I really, really hope that that's not what they say she really did. But they said she took her son ashes and threw them on her husband and the dudes that was outside the sheep's fighting. Um, That's a... Something triggered the out of that situation and I have no idea what it is but people are trying to correlate it between um that in the interview and I really don't think that they have anything to do with each other in any way, shape or form. And then did you see the airport situation? Hello? I'm here. Oh did you see the airport situation? No. Okay. So like a couple days after that, I from what the way I gather it, she got admitted after that situation happened. So I get like locked her up and I got to, after she got out, they put her in the hospital for a while. Well, she was trying to leave from Chicago to get back to the husband and they wouldn't put her bags through the scanner thing and she went the entire fuck off like if I had my gun type shit like ma'am you can't do that (laughs) in an airport they not playing with you to the point like they called in for help and like she couldn't get on her plane and so on so I hate it when there'll be people who who are telling stories that like can give you reference points to go back to to kind of give you like proof like I'm not making this up like I and she recalls things like to a T and because they're dealing with other things like most people, if you lost your child under certain circumstances, I doubt that you would be right too. You know what I'm saying? Some people just don't, don't come from, come back from that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't an easy thing to to process on top of all of the other traumas and, and trials and tribulations that she experienced. Um, It be the ones that people call crazy, or will do their damnness to try to discredit it, every possible cause that ultimately end up being 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 the truth. And I think it's real interesting how people are very selective about where they get their information from instead of paying attention to what the information actually is because you can't fathom the idea that this person that you idolize that you don't even know and they don't know you all they know is your money like you just can't fathom the idea that they are as fucked up as people keep saying that they are and a lot of the stuff that she told especially when it comes down to Diddy she ain't the first person that said it And I promise you, she's not going to be the last. That's the other thing. I don't know. Uh, It's a lot going on in that situation. And a part of me also feels like, because of the specific people that were, talking about in this situation like these are people of power we're not just talking about diddy like we're talking about people who got pulled when it comes down to the industry and we we know like y'all believe in conspiracy theories of all other shit that you just be like for real like you really believe that but you can't fathom the idea that people with money Will do whatever it is that they have to do or can do in order to keep that money. Even if it means destroying the life of another person. And we've seen people getting taken out of here for less. Just saying. So it's it's one of them type things where you're like, damn, I don't want to believe it. Like it can't be that fucked up. But eh. It could be, I don't know. I'm just saying, some of it might be, you know, just her way of interpreting how she experienced shit. Some of it might be actually what the fuck she saw. I'm just saying. Don't pick and choose the messenger. pay attention to the message. Cause you never know. And you know how they say it's truth and lies, right? So not everything that she's saying is fabricated.
0: It just, I just hate it when the moment we share our experiences with a broad audience, people want to make us appear like we're crazy. Yep. It's like, no, there's a lot of shit happening outside your own environment.
1: And I might not necessarily agree with the delivery. I might not necessarily agree with the approach or anything that they. Should. I mean, but like think about like Kanye, right? Up until I don't even know how long it's been, but like nobody can say that that man not a genius. I don't like. I 100% agree. Like, that man is an artistic fucking genius. Think about most geniuses that's, you know, been around or from the past. Each and every one of them, in some way, shape, or form, dealt with public scrutiny and was labeled crazy and like, and imagine you know some shit like you know some shit and you keep trying to tell the world that you know this and trying to prove it to them and because they don't want to accept it or they don't want that knowledge to be put out there they will paint you as a crazy person and you are screaming at the top of your lungs I know this shit you probably fucking lose it too or you'll eventually get frustrated And when you stand in your own shit of what it is that you know to be factual and you're not willing to let anybody take it away from you, you won't fight for it. You won't call out the people that is stopping you from letting this knowledge be known or whatever. Like, we've seen it done so many times, but then when it happens again, you'll do the same conditioning shit of chastising that very person that you know for a fact is a fucking genius or is a certain caliber of person because the masses told you so. Imagine being celebrated for knowledge and then being called crazy because you speak on it. So if I wasn't wild. saying it, yeah, I mean, if I was, if I was saying it humbly, and you wasn't listening to me, if I was, you know, and 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 the thing is, is that you listen to me because of the level of confidence that I have, and whatever it is that I say, I've been able to show and prove to a degree, right? So, when when do you not take in consideration of the fact that it's like, oh. Whoa, he changed because he married a white girl, There's that, and so forth. All right, if you use these situations or as arguments to justify whatever the change is, right? Then why is there still not some level of understanding that it's really just because of that change and it doesn't discredit anything else that comes from that person? It doesn't change the knowledge that was given. It doesn't change any of that. You you discredit the person based off of how they reacted to experiences that ultimately resulted in trauma in them. And when you mix an overloaded brain with trauma, you have mental illness. That doesn't mean... (laughs) They're liars or they're crazy or doesn't mean any of that shit. And I think that also like stems into a deeper conversation when it comes down to the stigmas of mental illness. Because I feel like it's easier to just throw mental illness out there instead of just saying you are fucked up individual. Like people are are using mental illness as a crutch without really even fully understanding anything about it it was like oh you want to talk about it fine we're gonna talk about it that's mental illness oh they did that oh that's a mental illness problem like it's not it don't work like that so you'll still see the same repetitive shit happen over and over and over again until. It's too late. And then it's like, oh. Oh. They were right.
0: <sighs> We've become, well, they've become, you and I are good. They've become, like, such a dismissive culture right now. hmm Um and whether people want to believe it or not, there is a lot of power in being dismissive. And yep. ironically, where it's just like, <coughs> if I'm dismissive and, you know, is so groupthink is so popular these days, more and more people will also be more dismissive. And people need to be careful because it comes off as like, you don't value other people. other human lives you don't have time to deal with being compassionate and sensitive and you're really taking these moments to make it about you and it's just like Mm -hmm. what
1: yep i think the other thing is is that like even with with her specific situation and and what they what was used to discredit her was I'm gonna bring you onto my show and I'm gonna get you to open up about all of this past you know experiences that you've dealt with. And then I'm gonna go to those people that you said did the shit to them and ask them if they did it. And if they said no, then you're a liar. When in the history of 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 abuse has the abuser ever just openly been like yeah I did it until they was pushed into a corner and they couldn't like uh, deny it anymore not never you've never seen a situation where you grew up and you told somebody what happened how many people were believed like we're not gonna sit here and act like those experiences don't fucking happen. And instead of giving the support that you claim you advocate for, you took that and you used it as a weapon to completely discredit a person who spoke about some shit that in all honesty, you you wouldn't have known anyway, because you wasn't a fuck there. So how? Does you having suspicions or you flat out saying, I don't believe you, have any validity on what it is that I actually experienced in my life? And it's not to say that there aren't people out there who fabricate stories about their life and so on. But if if at any moment she wanted to use that shit for attention or clout, as people say. Or whatever it is that you can come up with to discredit that situation. Why she wouldn't have been did it? Why she ain't do it during the Me Too move? Why she ain't do it when, when it was happening? Her, her career had been in a standstill for a long time. And not because of that shit. Let's be clear. What does she have to gain in doing it? Because... Her situation isn't any better than what it was when she first started, and she ain't asked for shit as a result of it. Why can't it just literally be y'all keep saying expose the bad in the world? Well, head fucking go, but you only want it exposed as long as it's not your favorite. That's where the bias and bullshit come into play. Let's fix the problem as long as it's not my favorite. no. I really, really like them. And, and, and they were a staple in my childhood and this, that, and the third and so forth. Just give them a pass. You're not even going to acknowledge that. Fuck out of it. That's that pick me shit. And that is the reason why. You'll continue to see an escalation in these situations. You'll continue to see the problems and you can't preach about how bad the problems are going when you refuse to acknowledge any foundation of any of that shit going on because you just so happen to be entertained by a mother. I can't take y'all seriously. I can't. And the moment that y'all upset about some shit, then to come next week, something that the media that you claim is controlled by, whatever it is, a bigger entity that you want to consider to be troll, um, you know, controlled by, and it's manipulation, this that and the third and so forth. But y'all eat that shit up for factual value every single time an uh, entertaining as headline pop across your screen. You eat it up. That's the reason why we are able to be in positions to talk about the shit in the first place. The question is, is whether or not the information that you're being fed further pushes the narrative that it's trying to do to convince you to believe whatever it is that they want you to believe in order for them to go ahead and push whatever it is that they're trying to push. Or do you really want logic and facts behind? Whatever it is that's being said. Because a lot of people don't even want to do their due diligence and do research. It's It's out there for you. You can go and take the words of these people and go do the research and find out whether or not what the fuck they said was true or not. but instead you want years worth of information thrown in a 60 second clip or a caption that's like less than two sentences and think that you know the entire story. We don't even know the entire story. What we do know is, is that some of the story that was told, if you go back and you look, it was true. I don't understand.
0: I don't understand. So it's I think it's just a circus of like deflection and being performative. I've, I've touched on this a couple times before where it's just like it's it's a lot of fun to gather for the drama, but not for like the solution nobody wants to take or assume any responsibility or any maturity. It's just like, it's a cycle. And it's just like, when do we get to this point? And these are people like in their forties, their fifties. Right. Like everybody's trying to fit in and people gather only for, only when it's popular to do so, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Nobody really cares about anybody else. But um I will say it'll be interesting to see where this Anthony Anderson thing goes. Because um, yeah. they tried to get my boy Jeff Goldblum out of here on some stuff but it was it was Twitter only like I've never seen a story but it was people in the, in the thread saying shit like oh well in the 80s when he was I'm like you know what it's like as soon as y'all see somebody being popular <laughs> and being hip and all that shit it's like well in the 80s right I'm like not my boy Jeff Goldblum right um but it's definitely huge pick me energy um it's just dicey it's it's just a weird time but that's all I got yeah got anything else um
1: um no, not right at the moment.
0: Well, this has been another great episode for the usual suspects. Hope you guys enjoyed, it's Mr. Fox.
1: The Abstract Sagittarius.
0: And we will catch y'all later.
1: See you on the flip side. Yo! <laughs> Yo! <laughs>